Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee and she is Tam. Hey, hey Renee. How are you Tam? I'm doing most excellent. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I missed you at the track this week. I wanted to be at the track this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I missed everybody over there. I love going to races and just kind of being behind the scenes of everything. I think I know most people just kind of think, you know, well, it's just the NASCAR drivers doing the thing, but people like us who actually get access to like being in the pits and being just around in the garages, you know, that's a completely different kind of experience. Just ask any NASCAR fan who's able to go in and get into yeah. the garages. It's and called stuff. a hot pass. Yes, exactly. Well, you can get I a ch- have a hard card now. <laughs> I stopped on my game. But oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you have. I will say this. I've never been to a race. If you listen to the, any of our episodes, probably at the beginning, we may have talked about this. I've never been to a race without actually having a hot pass. Yeah. But I do like to go over on the other side. I never sit in the stands, but I do like to go over to the fan zone. And to be quite honest, I don't know how people go to a race without being on the other side, because all you do is sit in the stands and wait till the car comes around. And I don't even know if they have TVs over there. Because at least on the pit side, most of the tracks have the big jump. Uh, do they still call it jumbotrons? Well, yeah, I still call it a jumbotron. I think we're just well, we dating ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to backtrack. So I went to the race. If you guys follow us on Twitter or Instagram, or even if you follow The Drive, because I did a Snapchat takeover mm-hmm. for thedrive.com, where I actually am a contributor. I write about NASCAR. I do more than talk about NASCAR. I actually write about NASCAR over there. But yeah, I was at the track and you, I did, you got some good pictures and you got some good videos. Yeah, I did something crazy. I drove from Los Angeles to <laughs> Las Vegas and went to the race and I drove home. For those that may not know, that's three and a half hours. Well, it took me less than three and a half hours, but I literally set my alarm clock for 2.30 a.m. <laughs> I laid there for 15 minutes. And then I got myself together and I left. And no, I did not take a bath or a shower. And because (laughs) the reason why is because I took a bath and I packed my backpack only hours before. Because I didn't go to bed until 1030. Wow. Yeah. So I literally got out of the bathtub at 1015 and was asleep by 1030 and woke up at 230. I was still fresh. I didn't have any night sweats. Well, that should tell our listeners uh, the dedication it is that we, not only we, but especially you take to bring them some upfront and uh, experience and footage from our social media. Yes. Thank you, Tam. Thank you. Bravo. <laughs> I patted myself on the back. That's for right. There you home. go. Okay. Quick rundown of the show. We're going to keep it short this week. And not because we don't have a lot to talk about. It's just that we know that you guys love NASCAR, but your time is precious. With that being said, we're going to talk about our Las Vegas winner, Kevin Mm -hmm. Harvick. Going to talk about how Kyle Busch did not complete the sweep this weekend. We're going to give you the top 10 from Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Going to talk about Kevin Harvick's window, because that seems to be a hot topic. Very hot. Johnson. 
He didn't wreck, but all is not well in Jimmy's <laughs> right. world. Of course, we're going to talk about Dell Jr. because this is the third week of racing. Mm-hmm. And it's still not NASCAR without a Dell Jr. story. So we're going to talk about some Dell Jr. Gonna talk about some NASCAR in general because Brent Dewar from NASCAR, you know, he's the man over at NASCAR. So right. when the man speaks, we listen and mm-hmm. we talk about it. And somebody wrote a great article about NASCAR owners getting old and possibly retiring. So we're gonna and jump into that. And that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Because at good some article. point you have to retire. Right. It's absolutely. And then of course we'll end the show with a fan comment of the week and some predictions. Renee's favorite part of the show. So on that note, before we start to dissect and cut open the race that was in Las Vegas, I'm gonna give you the past well no, actually I'm gonna give you the top ten. I don't think you're ready for the past 10 winners. So the top 10 winners. (laughs) Kevin Harvick took the checkered flag. Kyle Busch was second. Kyle Larson was third. Martin Truex Jr. fourth. Ryan Blaney fifth. Brad Kozlowski sixth. Joey Logano seventh. Eric Jones, top 10. He was in eighth. And Paul Menard was in ninth. I got to say that again. Paul Menard was in ninth. And Eric Amarola, who's been a hot topic. There's that name again. Yeah, you know what? I feel like I need to interview him. I don't know. Okay, so Eric Amarola rounded out the top 10. Some notables, Chris Buescher was in 15th. Mm. That's a top 20 finish. Yeah, it is. For the number 37. Interesting. You know what? Where's the number 47? Where's my guy, A.J. Armadinga? (laughs) Okay. And Trevor Bain rounded out the top 20 coming in 20th. Yeah. So those are some names we don't talk about that often. Trevor Bain, Chris Buescher, and Paul Menard. Top 20 finishes. Everybody else. Good to see Paul Menard's name in there. Yeah. Everybody else was the regulars, the familiars. Right. First, I want to just give a shout out to Kevin Harvick and his team. I mean, he's... um. Obviously started this year on a good note, two back-to-back wins, and congratulations to the number four, Mr. Kevin Harvick and his team. It is absolutely wonderful to see Eric Amarola's name in the top 10 again. This guy, I'm telling you, Tam, like I said it before in the last episode, I see this guy winning a race this year, but he's got to do it within these first I'm going to extend it. Uh, I know I said six to eight, but I'm going I'm to say the, if he doesn't do it in his first 10 races, then it's probably not going to happen because then that fire is just going to burn out. But I like the way that he's racing. I like the way his team has been put together and together they're working on getting him these finishes because he needs this. His motivation right now, whatever it is, Tam, is working really well. He's racing really, really well right now. Well, it's interesting that you said something about team because... Don't quote me, but I do recall reading something where Kevin Harvick kind of gave a backhanded comment in regards to what the team is doing now versus what the team was doing when Danica was in the number 10. Right. <laughs> Wait, we said we weren't going to talk about Danica. That's true. I know. But, but I just had to put that out there since you were talking about Right. Well, about you had to make team. a reference so you could kind of build yeah, the story up. you know, it's interesting. Eric, he's in better equipment from Richard Petty in the yeah. number 43. So he's he's showing up. We just need him to show out. Right. And Kevin Harvick is just showing out. Like you said, like, Boy. dude, he yep. won last race in Atlanta, and now yep. he's he won again. Ironically, 
And I wrote an article about this on the drive and I pointed out and shout out to Kenny, front row Kenny. We always talk about Kenny on the show. Hey, Kenny. I text Kenny over the weekend and, and me, me and Kenny are cool. So yeah, we text back and forth. We're cooler. Okay. <laughs> and I, I had a question for him and he kind of brought something to my attention and I did some investigation and started digging and I was like, okay, so there is this pattern. Whenever a driver wins on the West Coast, mm-hmm. on NASCAR Goes West, on that West Coast swing, they typically somehow, some way end up winning the championship. So as I started to dig wow. and find more information and put the stats together, I was like, okay, the year that Kevin Harvick actually won the championship, he won on the West Coast swing. Jimmy Johnson, same thing. So there was this pattern where there was a correlation between possibly winning in Las Vegas, Uh Phoenix, or Fontana, then that year you go on to win the championship. Looking at that for what it is, and it wasn't every single year, so don't sit there and tweet us and say that's not true, but it was enough of a pattern where you could definitely put an asterisk by the fact that this is something is it, that is it happen. possible that saying even though that this is still early in the season i mean we're only three races in but is it possible to say that kevin harvick really looks like your winner at the end of the season i mean because that's possible i mean if, if it's going in that kind of a pattern the way you just explained it it seems like kevin harvick really could be your winner at the end well of the- taking some words from your boy he's my boy too right. From Kyle Bush, it's yeah. too early for all that. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's good. like, yeah, just slow your roll. Just, <laughs> let's calm down. And we actually posted. Kyle Bush did say that. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we posted that on our Twitter chat. And just a reminder, as well as a shout out to our Twitter chat, it's Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern time, 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. We've actually been toying with the ideal of moving it back to make sure that our working family can jump in on it. Because we know sometimes you guys are sitting at your desk, you can chime in, but then there are times where you're too busy working. So we're thinking about moving it back to after work hours. Maybe this Monday will be our first time moving it back to just kind of judge to see if you guys are available. I went on a whole tantrum jumping back to what (laughs) I was talking about. We posted a question on our Twitter, Uh or during our Twitter chat regarding whether or not it was too soon to think Kevin Harvick could win the championship. Right. And most of you guys agreed and was like, NASCAR fans are always overreacting to calm down, take two seats and all that great stuff. I don't want to pick Kevin Harvick as my winner, but Kevin is on fire. Yeah, as Martin really Truex is. Jr. said, he's in a zip code all by himself. <laughs> and let's take Martin Truex Jr., for example. If you look at last year, the way Martin Truex Jr., his entire year was going, it literally seemed like, why would you not pick him to win? Yeah. You know, the he champion- won, what, I, he, seven races? Yeah. I mean, he was completely dominating. I mean, of course, you have all your other drivers in there and they're all trying to make their stand. But I mean, even when the playoffs started, I was already in my head like, who is going to beat Martin Truex Jr. at the end of the day? Like, really, at the end of the day, the way he had been driving that entire year in 2017 was ridiculous. He was in another galaxy by himself. And Kevin Harvick looks like he is on that same level as of right now. So we still have to see how this all plays out. I don't want to be that guy, Tam, that's overreacting either. I'm kind of like with Kyle Busch, you know, hey, everybody just relax. Look, you know, we got three races in. 
Like, let's calm down. You know what I mean? It's not like there's only two races left. We still got a whole season left. You know what I do like about Kyle Busch, other than the fact that he just says what he wants to say, is that if he doesn't win, and I know he came in second, but if he doesn't win, he's pissed, which is the way it should be. Hey, I didn't win, so who cares? It's interesting you said that, and we'll bring it to some NBA basketball. You know what? I thought about this. You and I should probably do another podcast talking about other stuff, because we like to talk about other sports. Right, right. And I'm knowledgeable about other things, just as Renee is, so maybe we'll think about that. This show is a grind. And you know what? By the way, speaking of that, and we'll just get right back on topic. I want to get off topic just for a quick second. I don't know if any of our listeners uh, happen to look at our social media, but I tried to do my best the other night. This was like a week ago. I happened to cover the Canelo and Triple G fight, and I was really, really just excited and glad that I was able to do that. I want to just give a shout out to Chivas Regal and uh, the staff for letting us do that. Tam, thank you for making all that happen in in general as well. But I had a lot of fun, and maybe that is something uh, that we can also do in the future. Renee has some issues with his phone dying, so we didn't get a chance to post as much. And then the next day, something had happened, and I wasn't able to post anything. So the news changes so fast, we weren't able to actually post as much stuff from that. But you guys know how we do. We usually go hard in the paint when it comes Mm -hmm. to covering something to the point where I'm sure you guys are like, stop posting. (laughs) But he got, he has you covered next time. And speaking of, I guess Canelo tested positive. Positive, Yeah. So we don't even know if the fight is still happening. The ironic thing is his excuse was, is that the meat over in Mexico is contaminated. Now, I like Mexico. Yeah. But when I'm over there, I usually just eat guacamole until, <laughs> like, I have guacamole and I have pina coladas until I can't eat or drink anymore. There you go. Because I don't really mess with the alcohol in Mexico. And let me just say this. This is just really random. I love Mexico. I love going to Cabo. I love going to Cancun. I often go by myself, solo trips over there. <laughs> But I don't really mess with the alcohol in the resorts because sometimes there's some question as to whether or not the alcohol is real. And you guys can Google this. There's a bunch of articles about people getting sick because the alcohol is not necessarily really tequila. Of course, everybody knows don't drink the water. Right. You definitely want to stay away from the water. (laughs) But, you know, so that's neither here nor there. So getting back, you you made a comment about Kyle Busch. He's just evil yeah for a lack of a better word right he's not i don't think he's a sore loser he's just mad sometimes he's just a competitor i mean he's just just a downright competitor it's like i think a lot of drivers just kind of like well you know we we thought we had a fast car and uh you know kyle bush no screw no i didn't win i was there we had it i thought we were going to be able to do this but the fact of the matter is is we didn't win i came in second and it sucks and i understand that people might think he's a sore loser just like you alluded to him but he's just a competitor, like, you know, but I, I get it. If you think he's a sore loser, so be it. But I just think it's him being so much of a competitor that he wants to win that much, Tim. I say all that to say, and sorry we're jumping around, but getting back to the basketball reference, when he talked about, Renee, that is, when he talked about Kyle Busch not being too friendly with the competitors, it brought up questions about the NBA. And this is just a really quick note, but there's always these conversations about LeBron, not how can he fraternize with the other team. And I believe it was Kenyon Martin was on TV. And if you guys don't know, he's a retired basketball player. And he talked about how we can be cool off the court, but when it's on the court, I don't care if you're my boy or not. 
I don't have I'm nothing to it. say. He was like, I see you during the off season. And Kevin Garnett, who's also retired, retired mm-hmm. everybody knows his attitude has always been similar to, hey, talk to me later. Holler yeah. at me later. With that being said, I do appreciate the camaraderie among NASCAR drivers. Yeah. But I also know that you guys are aware that Kurt Busch accidentally put Chase Elliott in the wall. And I rushed over. I saw Jamie Little rushing over to the medical center. And, you know, when you're on a NASCAR track and you're actually covering news, you kind of follow where Jamie goes or where Hermie goes. Or, you know, you see things happen. These are other NASCAR analysts and the specialists. Not that I'm not a specialist. You know, I'm a specialist. And if you guys can't see me, but I'm popping my collar. I'm a specialist (laughs) in my own right. But, you know, you kind of follow their lead. Yeah. Mm Because I haven't been doing it as long as they have. You kind of watch. I saw them rushing, so I said, well, let me go over to the medical center and see what Chase Elliott and Kurt Busch have to say. And ironically, Kurt was just way nice. Like, I like Kurt's new attitude, but at some point, I need him to get back to the old Kurt and be more like his younger brother. Brother. Yeah. Because, and this is why, like, low-key, this is why I love Tony Stewart. This is why I actually love Kevin Harvick, because Kevin will bring it to you. Yeah. Jimmy, because we got to talk about Jimmy. Jimmy's the lover, not the fighter. Right. I will never forget that time where Kevin Harvick and his wife Delaney rolled up on Jimmy Johnson at his trailer and jumped out of the SUV. And Kevin was, what's up? And Jimmy was like, let's talk. I am not a talker other than on the podcast. Right, exactly. (laughs) You know, I'm not an advocate for fighting, but... Sometimes it's just nothing to talk about. Right, exactly. Well, uh, and speaking of Jimmy, real quick, we'll just get this out of the way. He didn't wreck. Thankfully, he didn't wreck. And um, I'm sure his team was happy that they didn't wreck. But they didn't do very good either. And if there's any questions of what's wrong with Jimmy, you know, what's going on, don't worry about Jimmy. He's going to be just fine. He still needs to get it together. And I think there's some things that they need to work out so that they can get back to the winning ways of Jimmy Johnson. But... I believe that they are going to make it happen. And I, I know I picked Jimmy, but um, I am not worried about it. But I do think as far as Jimmy Johnson's and his team are concerned, I think they need to turn it around really quick. You said it best on last episode. He is the number 48. Yeah. He didn't finish the race without drama because oh, well, uh, <laughs> he did still have some drama. He just didn't wreck. I'll let Renee explain. You guys already know because we talked about it a little bit. For the most part, we all know his crew chief was out of there for the race. Oh my goodness. You know what? This is such a headache. I don't understand pre-race, post-race, pre-race to post-race to post-race to pre-race. There's so many inspections of things going on. And actually, I I believe it was the number 15 as well. Also got, not suspended, but they got- um, The crew chiefs uh, Yeah, the crew chiefs were- Ejected. Ejected. You know, that word ejected just sounds so like- so NBA, yeah, exactly, right? Ejected. <laughs> Get out of here! But you know what I was wondering? When they're ejected, do they have to leave the track? Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know because it sounds so official. You're ejected. Like obviously, we know they just can't be in the pit box, right? But when you're ejected, do you leave? Like, do you have to leave? Do you the- leave the speedway? Yeah, exactly. Because, because we already know in NASCAR, there's always a radio, some way to communicate. Exactly, I don't know. right? You know, that's a good you're, point. You're still in range if you got a radio but, somehow, but some way. As a regular NASCAR fan, you have to think to yourself, why is there so many pre-inspections, post-inspections, pre-inspections, post-inspections, 
because it just seems like it's uh, frustrating for a typical fan. It's frustrating for guys and people like us who are, do these podcasts are, you know, behind the scenes and do media. I can't imagine for the average fan how frustrating that is of like, what is it that we have to look for so specifically? And I mean, I get it, Tam, but it's because just if like you're not cheating in NASCAR, you ain't trying. That's why. Not, okay, but I mean, you guys point. already know how I feel about inspections. We've covered this the last two years. It's, it's a lot going on. Even and look at how after the race they're lined up going through inspection again. But you just never know. I mean, case in point, Kevin Harvick's window. That's you a know, great, great. Nobody point. knows. Good segue there too, because nobody knows how it happened because he didn't start the race like that. But how did his window end up being the way it was? It's the million-dollar question. I mean, so much so, your boy, Dale Jr. weighed in on it. Well, you know, Dale Jr. had um, a very good take on it, I thought, as well. And here's the thing, Tam. Dale said it best. He's like, you know, as a NASCAR driver, and when you're in your car, and you're driving, or you're waiting for a restart or whatever, you're always eyeballing the other drivers. You're always eyeballing their cars, see what's going on, something different. And as a matter of fact, Chase Elliott was even talking about it with his crew chief, going, hey, do you see this number four? What's going on back there with that window? (laughs) And so now people are talking about it. And to be honest with you, I don't think in any kind of way, shape, or form that Harvick and his team did anything purposely to make that window buckle because I can't imagine Rodney Childers going, hey, let's do something to make our car go faster so that all of these cameras that are on us and all of these people that are taking pictures and stuff can figure it out. I don't think he's that stupid. And I don't think Kevin Harvick is that stupid either. I don't think that entire team is that dumb to do that purposely. I think it was something that happened. I think it's just something that just came out and was unfortunately that happened in front of everybody. But I don't think it was done purposely. But here's the thing is that although now it's come out that Chase, there was some chatter on the radio. Right. Nobody in NASCAR picked it up. It was somebody on NASCAR Reddit board. Who pointed it out to my knowledge? That's how this whole conversation got going. And it's always some fan who's at home. It's almost like in golf. Cause you know, in golf, I think they stopped it this year, but before fans at home could call some hotline right. and report things that they saw on TV, you know, in regards to maybe a player moved the ball or something like that. I don't really know. I just know that. I don't believe he did it purposely, but it happened. So we're recording this podcast before NASCAR will give their two cents because the car, I believe, is over at the R&D Center. But I don't know if they're going to let him slide with this because he's very vocal. And what I know about life is that the governing body of anything, when you're vocal, they will find a way to shut you down. So meaning that taking it to another sport, the NFL protests, the protests, although Colin Kaepernick has said on many occasions, it's not a protest against the military or the flag or the United States for that matter. But in fact, it is a protest to bring awareness to the police brutality that is happening in urban communities. Somehow the conversation and the narrative has changed to as disrespectful to the military. So with that being said, the governing body has shut him down. Yeah. And that's just the way life is. So you always have to be careful what you say because it can't come back to you. Kevin Harvick 
has been very boisterous, if that's right. the word. He tells you what he feels like saying. Yeah. Sometimes it's not always a good thing. Now that he has the slightest little drama, NASCAR may say, and I'm not saying NASCAR will purposely penalize him, but sometimes you turn the other cheek for people you like. You don't. You, that's you know, true. If that makes does what I'm saying makes sense? Right. No, it totally makes okay. sense. But don't be surprised and don't think that NASCAR, because of the pressure of other teams and media, that they might punish Kevin Harvick and his team specifically because of that. Just to make it a point that, hey, cannot do this. Well, long as we don't hear the word encumbered. Right. Because <laughs> we haven't heard that oh, in a while. But long as we don't hear that, I think it's safe to say. I mean, he dominated the race. Sure some fans did. said that he may have had some type of aerodynamics advantage because of the slanted window. Yeah. I don't really know. We'll see how it all plays out. We already have your opinion because we talked about it. And, and when I say your, I'm talking about our listeners that are on yeah. Twitter. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, let's see. What else should we talk about? Oh, I do want to talk about. Did you see that Tony Stewart FaceTime? Oh, Kevin no, Harvick's not. No, son? I did not. Oh, my God. It was the cutest thing. So basically, Tony Stewart FaceTime Keelan, Kevin Harvick's son. Uh-huh after the race so he didn't miss out any of the action Aww. and victory lane so I, I thought that was very sweet that is cute and that you know i can't wait till tony has some little smokes running around <laughs> him and penelope should be ready well, soon i guess <laughs> well hey you're not getting any hey, older no you ain't lying i don't know how old she is mm. because random oh yeah. my god i'm about to say something that's inappropriate you guys little swimmers can last until you 80 <laughs> Look, just ask the great late, oh my goodness, you already know who I'm going to say, Hugh Hefner. Oh my goodness, yes. My old boss when I used to work at Playboy. There you go. Yeah, you know, because I think his swimmers were still swimming at <laughs> they, they might, They might have. But, you know, I don't know how old she is, so I don't know yeah. how that'll work. Okay, moving on, I guess we should talk about the state of NASCAR. Brent Dewar came out. There's an article on AutoWeek.com. It's actually a pretty good article uh-huh. where Brent Dewar, NASCAR president, talks about his goal is to strengthen the brand of NASCAR. Well, everybody wants to strengthen the brand of their product, of their sport, and NASCAR is no different. And I think they should. Why not? You know what? This is a changing of the guard. They need to try to find new fans, new loyal fans, and try to keep the fans that have been around for a while. So I think this is a good thing that uh, Brent Dwyer is doing. I think it needs to be done. You are, I always say Brent Dwyer, Dwyer. Dwyer, Dwyer. Okay, well, apparently he had took it personal when Brett Kozlowski, who's another one who always has something to say, he pretty much told it like it was in, in an interview. And this was an interview a few years ago. I think it was 2012. But he talked about how NASCAR leadership was not available. And it's not it's not a secret. But I think last year somebody pointed out Brian France hadn't been to the track, but only maybe one or two races. So I will say this in NASCAR defense. I can't really speak for Brian France, but I have seen Brent Duar or mm-hmm. Duer, however you want to say his name. I've seen him at the track a lot. In fact, Funny story, he was actually in back of me in Daytona because I was riding on a golf cart. Oh, yeah, I was on a golf cart. And shout out to NASCAR Diversity. They had planned something and I went to the little function 
It was to see the movie Black Panther, which was actually a wonderful movie if you guys haven't seen Great it. Great movie, guys. I saw it myself. Yeah. It's a reason why it's grossed <sighs> yeah. almost a billion dollars because yeah. it's really, really great movie. But nonetheless, we, the person who was driving the golf cart, and if you've been to a NASCAR race and you've been on the other side, as we always mm-hmm. talk about, everybody has a golf cart. And Brent was driving the golf cart behind us. And the girl who was in front of us, she was driving a little erratically. I looked back and I was like, holy crap. I was like, your boss is in back of us. So you better get it together. Yeah, no, get- <laughs> but no, I actually, I don't know Brent personally, but I think he's done a great job since he's been a part. And I know people don't like Mike Hilton, but mm. I like that guy. I see him a lot. Now that's somebody who I always see at the track. Yeah, I, although, I see him a lot as well. Although I have not seen him. I didn't see him in Daytona. I, obviously, I'm sure he was there. I'll see him like I see Joe Gibbs. I yep. see Joe Gibbs at every race, randomly walking the track solo. And again, I see Roger Penske at a lot of tracks. I see all the owners for that matter. But for whatever reason, I always see Joe Gibbs at the craziest time, just yeah. strolling down the track. <laughs> I'm like, okay, just Joe Gibbs. Just being Joe Gibbs. You know, that's what's great about yeah, it. Yeah, and you know, Joe's getting old, and this is another segue. Yep. I think I'm great at this. You are. You, you you're know, doing really well today. <laughs> you're on it, Tam. USA Today, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I believe that's it. Wrote an article, talked about the old NASCAR owners, and we're talking old as in old, the mm-hmm. true meaning of the word old. Not there's just some old drivers, but as in old, as in most of them cats is all 70 five years old, I think like 75, 78, yeah. somewhere around there. The article pretty much posed the question, who's next? Right. And we talked about this during our Twitter chat. The question we posed during our Twitter chat was, what driver do you see becoming an owner? Mm, wow. And there was some debate about Jimmy Johnson. And my thoughts, and I'll let you weigh in on this, Renee, Jimmy doesn't seem like he's going to still be into NASCAR when he retires, I see Jimmy walking away and going skiing. Yeah. And hanging out with his beautiful little girls and his wife. I don't really see him still being a part of NASCAR like that. Yeah. I could kind of see that, but as far as drivers are concerned, you know, who could be owners, I totally see Dale Jr. doing it. I mean, he kind of already is. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, he, he has yeah, his. Right. Um, you know, he's not in the premier series. But, uh, but a- Jimmy Johnson, somebody like that, I could kind of see Jimmy doing exactly what you just said. But I could also see him coming and maybe possibly being a owner. But he would need some influence. Like he would have to have like some of the other drivers go, hey, Jimmy, you know what? I got a great offer for you. I know you're done. I know you're retired. I want you to go enjoy yourself. Enjoy retirement for a little bit. But I would love for you to be a part of my team, blah, 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 blah. So I could see Jimmy Johnson coming back to NASCAR. Although you're right at this point, it's kind of safe to say that he just wants to be done. Look, I'm seven time. If I get to eight time, great. If not, no big deal. But I could see him literally just riding off into the sunset and not have any way of looking back and second guessing. Well, maybe I could come back and be an owner. Let me see what it's like. And. I think he could, but he would have to be with some influence. But these owners, they're up there, Tam. They're up there. We're talking 70s, 80s, and whew, one of them's 92. Uh, I think it's Paul Menard's owner. 
Well, the Wolf Brothers are old. Jeez, oh my God. Yeah. And you know what? I see him at the track. I saw him in IndyCar race and when I went to the Indy 500 last year. I see that guy all the time. He is the sweetest, but these guys are sweetest old man ever. These guys are workaholics big time. See, the thing, going back to Joe Gibbs, like he had JD before JD got sick. And yeah. if you guys don't know, his son is suffering from some type of neural issue where it's affecting his um, function, his motor skills or yep. something like that. I met him years ago, sweetest guy ever. I did a whole thing with Joe Gibbs, hung out with Joe Gibbs racing for a couple of days, and they were really sweet, and, and JD was really sweet. Before I go into our fan comment of the week, I want to give you guys my opinion, because you know it's not a show without my opinion. Absolutely. I think Jimmy Johnson is done. He's a NASCAR guy, obviously, but I don't see him as a diehard NASCAR. My whole world revolves around NASCAR, because it doesn't. Yeah. That's why he's on his bike and doing everything else. Not to mention, sometimes we forget Jimmy didn't race. He was not he didn't do trucks, no Xfinity series. And don't get me wrong, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm not taking anything away from Jimmy having this connection with NASCAR. Yeah. I'm just saying he's not a junior who was born and raised on the track who has a whole podcast Radio station dedicated to motorsports has a team owner, his sister's into NASCAR, his brother, his nephew, yeah. his niece, Carson. See, now that sounds like Carson? you're describing Dale Jr. Yeah, I think her name is. <laughs> but the whole family is diehard. Whereas Jimmy, his wife was a model. Yeah. I see him riding off into a sunset. Okay, so on that note, the question that we proposed on Twitter was at user spindoctor500. And that is actually the guy, his name is Michael Knight, who wrote the article that appeared on USA Today. Who will take over for NASCAR's agent owners? Which driver or drivers do you think are primed to become a cup owner? And that was our question, if that wasn't clear. A few of our diehards chimed in, including Larry Lee, and his user is LBLEE58. He chimed in and said this could end up with NASCAR being in a Quandary, not sure how many millionaires, whether they're former drivers or businessmen, will be willing to put money on the line to start or take over a team unless good sponsorship money is available to the team. That is true. They could find themselves in a very perplexed situation at the end of the day because it's not like this is NASCAR's height. Mm -hmm. where you want to buy in. Like say with Formula E, everybody wants in Formula E at this moment. So you have a lot of yeah. manufacturers that are jumping on the boat. Right. This is NASCAR where some people don't understand that NASCAR is more than a good old redneck sport. I mean, I'm far from a redneck. Yeah, You're well far from a redneck. Yeah. And we love this sport. There are a lot of things to get over. Dylan McDermott was at the race in Vegas. And he talked about selling a show to one of the networks about racing. And the show was called Driven, but he admitted he knew nothing about racing. He's somebody who has money, wrote a show. Stranger things have happened. Maybe somebody yeah. will jump into NASCAR. Who knows? Hey, I'll read another quick comment. This comes from Ryan Goodrum, and he is a fan of the show. And we're fans of his because he always chimes in. He says that I think a lot of people aren't going to like my prediction, but I see Kyle Busch and Kurt Busch owning a cup team. Think about some of the underfunded teams who might be willing to sell. 
Now that's interesting. And these are NASCAR guys. Like I see Brixton is the son. Brixton. I think Brixton is being groomed to be a racer. You know what's ironic? I always say, because Brixton and Keelan, Kevin Harvick's son, yeah. is the same age. Keelan is, he's a racer. That kid is a really big racer. I think he'll run Kyle's son off the track. <laughs> yeah, so here's another one. This is from Frank Polzin. He's user Frank P316. He says, I don't know about drivers. Maybe from another part of the business, but always remember to make a small fortune in auto racing. You must begin with a large fortune. Yeah. Okay. And one last comment, and this comes from Kobe Lambeth. He writes, it wouldn't surprise me to see the return of Kevin Harvick Incorporated. Harvick has lots of knowledge, and I see him investing in this sport for a very long time. Don't count out KBM moving up in the future or the return of Brad Kozlowski racing. Hashtag NASCAR. And you guys already know Brad used to be in the game in the lower series and he was like he was spending too much money. So he got out. But he's never ruled out returning to the premier series that is cup racing. So we'll see. You guys let us know. Tweet us. Hit us up on Instagram. Chime in. Leave us a comment. We do have a website. That is www.allturnsnobreaks.com. Let us know your thoughts. So on that note, we have talked so much. It is time for Renee. You guys can't see Renee, but he has his fists in the air. It's time for his favorite part of the show, which is predictions. Predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. We are in Phoenix. You're going to be in Phoenix too, well, but not you know for what? The race. Right, exactly. It's so it's just so crazy because I'm I'm going to be in Phoenix the week after performing at one of the clubs there. I wish it was the same weekend that I was there at the race, so I could go to the race and then just do my show at night as well. But listen, the fact of the matter is is that we are going to be in Phoenix this weekend, and we've been talking a lot about these veteran drivers and these younger drivers. I think these veteran drivers have something to say about it too. And Jimmy Johnson tweeted this past weekend, like, hey, I may not have won the race, but a veteran driver did win a race. Jimmy Johnson and Kevin Harvick are pretty much the same age. And he said, how about those 42-year-olds? Not bad, huh? And I was like, you can say that again, Jimmy. I I retweeted it and tweeted him back. I was like, you can say that again. I mean, I'm 40. I'm in my early 40s as well. And I think these veteran drivers have something to prove right now. And I'm going to tell you, there's going to be another veteran driver that's going to win. I want to pick, gosh, dog, I want to pick Kevin Harvick so bad, but I'm not going to do it. I know he wants to try to pull the trifecta, but it ain't going to happen. I'm going to go with Kyle Busch winning in Phoenix. Kyle Busch, the number 18 car is your winner, and he is going to take home the checkered flag. That is my pick, and I'm sticking with it, Tim. Renee's pick is what it is, but now it's time for what is my pick. That's right. The school is in session. School is in session. As you guys know, I always give you the past 10 winners, so here we go. Past 10 winners in Phoenix are 2008 Jimmy Johnson, 2009 Mark Martin, 2010 Ryan Newman, 2011 Jeff Gordon, 2012 Denny Hamlin, 2013 Carl Edwards, 2014 Kevin Harvick, 2015 Harvick, 2016 Harvick, 2017 Ryan Newman. And for those that don't know, we've raced twice in Phoenix. 
We race in April and November. So I just gave you guys the past 10 winners for the April race in Phoenix. And on that note, some notables. Kevin Harvick is only an eight-time winner in the Cup Series at Phoenix. Not only is he an eight-time winner in Phoenix for the Cup Series, he's also won an Xfinity race, and he's a four-time winner in the truck races at Phoenix. Jimmy Johnson, because I feel like this whole episode was dedicated to Jimmy and Kevin Harvick. Jimmy's a four-time winner (laughs) at Phoenix. On that note, Renee made a comment about not thinking or not feeling that Kevin Harvick will pull off the trifecta. And that, of course, is a racing, as in horse racing, reference. Yeah. So I'm going to go a step further and give you a bowling reference, as in turkey, because Renee was a turkey for thinking that Kevin Harvick is not going to complete the turkey Wow! and go for wow. three in a row. <laughs> You're going to go there to him, okay? <laughs> well, we're both bowlers. <laughs> yeah, we are. That's true. So there you have it. My prediction is Kevin Harvick is going for the turkey, and he's going to make a turkey out of my boy, my brother, my partner in crime, Renee Garcia. You know what? It's possible he will. And that's why I'm sitting here going, oh, my God. Yeah, he's and about I'm to make a turkey. To you, and I'm listening to you. And the, by the way, listeners, you know, the whole time Tam is Harvick, da, 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 Harvick. She's looking at me like, yeah, you see where I'm going? And I, I see where you were going with that. And I, I'm telling you, I know he just kicks booty there and that track. But I'm telling you, he's not going to pull off. The triple crown. It's not gonna happen. Okay, this is not okay. Not, Renee's confused. I'm gonna be the turkey. This is motorsports. This is <laughs> stock car racing. This is not horse I racing. I know. Oh, God. Okay. So one last thing, because we made a pack last episode, we're oh, gonna right. pick our young gun. Yes. So okay. instead of a, well, I guess it's still an alternative pick, but instead of a. Dark horse. Right. Oh, my God. We should go into the business of horse racing. Yeah, you know we what? should, actually, right? Actually, <laughs> I'm going to check the schedule and see what's going on in Santa Anita. Because I actually do go to the races. I was raised at the racetrack. My grandmother, yeah. she, boy, she loved to play the horses. So I, she used to have me in tow. So people always are surprised when I know what I'm doing at the racetrack. Uh, right? <laughs> I'm like, well, because I was a little girl. At the racetrack with my grandmother, she, man, she always used to yeah. like to bet on the Well, <laughs> if I had to pick a younger driver, I'm going to go with, and he's not like really young, but he's still considered a younger driver, even though the way he races is it's like he's a veteran. I already know. You're going with Kyle Larson. I'm going with Kyle Larson. I knew it. Yeah. You better yeah. know Yeah. That's a tough one. I feel like Ryan Blaney is showing out. Mm. That Penske Alliance, we didn't even talk about you know that. But not, I mean, now not Penske Alliance, but right. now that he's racing yeah. directly for Penske, mm-hmm. I'm going to agree with you and go with Kyle Larson. So there yeah. you have it, ladies and there gentlemen. There you go. Those are our predictions. What are your predictions? We'd love to hear from you. Tell us who you think is going to win. Tell us if you think a veteran driver is going to come out on top or you think a younger driver is going to come out on top. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on our social media across the board at Turns No Breaks on Instagram, Snapchat. You can hit us up on our uh, website, allturnsnobreaks.com. And you can find us on Facebook. Please follow us. And if you love NASCAR and you know somebody else loves NASCAR the way that you do, the way that we do, please send them to our, not iTunes anymore, it's Apple Podcasts. Apple Actually, Podcast. Apple Podcasts. Uh-huh. Renee doesn't know this. We're on Spotify. So we're Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, 
I think we're on iHeartRadio. I need to double right. check, but I didn't realize. I think we're on there as right. well. And Stitcher. And Stitcher and SoundCloud. Yes, that is correct. So please hit us up wherever you can find us, ladies and gentlemen. We love and we always appreciate your support. Thank you for tuning in. And we will see you again next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 